Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to start previewing free agency position by position with the man who has put together insane color-coded charts on the subject, which you can find at the website JetsXFactor.com, where he is co-founder and resident stat geek, Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, what's up, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Still working out a lot of free agency content every single day, getting ready uh, for the big wave of money spending to come in March. Going to be ready, knowing everything there is to know about everyone who could potentially become a Jet, as they do have so much money to spend. So uh, really enjoying the soft season so far. This is the best time of year if you're a Jets fan, or at least it has been for a while, (laughs) unfortunately. Let's hope that the moves that they make in free agency in the draft change that And we start getting really excited about late season Jets football as opposed to after season Jets football. And in order to do that, like I said, they've got to make some good ads this offseason. So let's talk about who they might be able to get at running back in free agency. A lot of people believe that the Jets are going to target a running back sometime in the mid rounds. And they very well could. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do something else at running back. Right now, Frank Gore looks like he's probably going to retire, but he is a free agent regardless. Josh Adams is a free agent, and he's actually one of the more intriguing names on this list that we're going to get to. The only one that I believe is under contract is Ty Johnson, so you've got to do something there at running back. The question becomes what? So if you go into free agency, there are some names that stick out at you. The big one, of course, is Aaron Jones, the running back from the Green Bay Packers. I would assume he stays in Green Bay, but he's going to get a payday one way or another. Could the Jets be the team that pays him? That's an interesting question because you wonder how much a running back of his stature would get considering how much less running backs seem to be getting for the most part in the current era NFL. Chris Carson from Seattle is also available. And there are some other really interesting names here too, including Jarek McKinnon, who we know had some success in San Francisco. Super fast guy, so would seemingly fit what the offense would want. Talk to me about a couple of the top-tier free agents here, including Josh Adams. Who are some of the ones that stuck out to you on this color-coded chart that you can get at JetsXFactor.com where you have an entire leaderboard of who the Jets could pursue this offseason at running back? 
Yeah, so every single qualified guy, uh, guys who played at least 200 snaps last season or had at least 25 carries last season at running back are listed on this chart. So it really does go from best, absolute best, to absolute worst. So you can see guys who you should, who really every team, not just the Jets, should be avoiding, and then the guys who are the most deserving of being pursued aggressively on the open market. But to start at the top, and, and you know, with the Jets, it will be interesting to see whether they do go after one of these true, you know, bell cow starter running, uh, starting running backs who get your 15 to 20 carries and are the true leader of the backfield. It will be interesting to see if they do that with so many other needs. But there, there are a few good options if they do want to go that route because right now, course they only have ty johnson and the michael p ryan in, at least in terms of your primary guys under contract um, but there are some really good or two names in particular that are very good in terms of starters in the free agent market and that would be aaron jones and chris carson those are two guys who have very good volume numbers and they back it up with good efficiency because there are a lot of guys at running back who put up you know they're good fantasy players they get a lot of touches and they put up big yardage numbers but they're not actually that efficient or they struggle in areas that you know don't really matter in fantasy or in the box score as much but do impact the game whether it's pass blocking drops um, after contact production fumbles things like that Um, but these are two guys who do check pretty much every single box and they are starting caliber bell cow backs aaron jones put up 104 scrimmage yards per game last season and he was efficient in both phases as a receiver, his yards per route run, his receiving grade at PFF, very high level. Um, as a rusher, his yards after contact, his DVOA, his yards per carry, all above the 90th percentile. So he is as legitimate as his numbers suggest he is. And Chris Carson, it's pretty much the same story. Not quite as much production as Jones, 81 scrimmage yards per game. And he did miss four games and he struggled with injuries throughout his career. But another guy who does have the efficiency to back up his volume in the running game, Chris Carson was above the 80th percentile in yards after contact, yards per carry and DVOA. And then as a receiver, Chris Carson did a very good job. His PFF receiving grade was 94th percentile yards per route run 81st percentile. Um, So he's another guy who definitely is a legitimately good player, but looking at some of the starting running backs in the free agent market, there are a few guys who are sort of pretenders guys who put up pretty good volume numbers, but weren't actually that good. One of them is James Connor. He put up 72 scrimmage yards per game, which is a good number, but his efficiency in some of the other categories is just pretty average across the board. Uh, he was a good pass blocker, but his receiving efficiency was not good. Uh, 32nd percentile yards per route run, 25th percentile in PFF receiving grade. So not much in the passing game. And then as a rusher, pretty much across the board, he's right around the positional average in terms of rushing stats. So James Conner is a little bit, could be fool's gold, but even bigger than Connor's, Kenyon Drake. He's a guy who averaged 73 scrimmage yards per game. A lot of people saw him as a post-Adam Gase breakout sort of guy, but that only really happened because he got a lot of opportunities. He wasn't actually that good with in terms of efficiency. Uh, his rushing stats across the board are pretty well below average. He's only 33rd percentile in yards per carry. Um, as, as a high-volume running back, you definitely want to have high efficiency or else you're costing your team a lot of yards. And for Kenyon Drake, only 4.0 this season, which is uh, the average is about 4.3. Uh, so 4.0 and 4.0 for him, he's getting 16 carries a game. You're costing your team a lot of yards over the course of the season. Uh, then the yards after contact, 31st percentile, and his DVOA, 42nd percentile. So he's pretty much below average across the board. And then passing game for Kenyon Drake, 
very bad numbers, 12th percentile yards per route run, 18th percentile PFS receiving grade. So things like these can tell you more about a player's efficiency and what they're doing on a play-to-play basis, regardless of how many touches and opportunities they get. So this is how you can really see whether a guy like Kenyon Drake, who's getting a lot of touches and getting a lot of yards, is actually a positive impact player or not. Uh, But him and James Conner are two guys who – have pretty big numbers that probably aren't as good as those numbers suggest. And on the other side of the spectrum, Aaron Jones and Chris Carson, big numbers and big efficiency to go with it. So if the Jets do want to look for a starting running back and we'll see what the market is, you know, because if team, if the league is just going to devalue the running back position and you can get one of these guys for a relatively affordable number, maybe the Jets do jump on it. So if they are going to look for a starter, Aaron Jones, Chris, or a starter in terms of a guy who's, a true load carrying type of running back that 15 to 20 plus touches guy Jones and Carson make a lot of sense, but Connor and Drake, two guys to maybe avoid. I, I do want to throw another one in there. Todd Gurley. He's another guy who, uh, you know, put up some numbers. He had 56 scrimmage yards per game and he scored a pretty decent amount of touchdowns on the season. He had nine of them. Uh, but another guy who just wasn't efficient, three and a half yards per carry 4.7 yards per target that's just not going to get it done. Those are very bad numbers. So those three guys I would say to avoid if you're looking for a bell cow. We're talking about bell cow backs. We're talking about the guys that you can get that are going to give you real value in terms of being able to carry the load. But what about value in terms of the amount of money that you're going to lay out as opposed to what you could potentially get out of them? Because we know that, as you said, the market for running backs can be very shaky, especially this year when we're talking about the cap dropping, who do you look at on your chart and think could give you some real bargain value if you're the New York Jets? The first guy that comes to mind is easily Jamal Williams. He's really one of my favorite underrated players in the league because he's so good at so many things. He's a guy who might not have superstar ability uh, in terms of being you know, a Pro Bowl caliber dominant runner, but he just barely has a weakness in his game, you go across the board, he's good at so many things. He has never fumbled in his career. He has an extremely low drop rate in his career as a receiver. He's an efficient receiver in terms of his yardage and his first downs. As a rusher, he's efficient. He's averaged for about 4.3 over the past couple seasons, so about average. But again, in the passing game, he's very good. He's eight career receiving touchdowns, six over the past two seasons. And his first down rate as a receiver is very solid it's over 30 percent and the average for running backs is well below that around that 25 percent mark so there's a lot that he brings to the table uh in terms of being able to check every single box he's a guy you can have on the field on any down again isn't necessarily an every down back but especially on third down he's a very good pass blocker he's given up uh very few pressures in his career when you look at his numbers uh and again drops he's very low Uh, with those in his career only three drops over the past three seasons so he's a guy who has very few weaknesses in his game and is very good at the fundamental aspects of the position that sort of go underrated at times because a lot of teams have running backs that might be great rushers but they drop a lot of passes they give up a lot of pressures as blockers and they're hurting the team in a lot of ways that are sort of going under the radar and Jamal Williams is a guy who's just going to rack up snaps without making mistakes and that offers that makes a huge positive impact on your team in a, in a very quiet and subtle way. So he definitely is one of my favorite under the radar guys, but there are a few other good ones. Gus Edwards is a restricted free agent. So we'll see how he gets pursued, but 
Gus Edwards has been extremely efficient for the Ravens over the course of his career. Over the, he's averaged over five yards per carry in each of his three seasons uh, with over 100 carries in each of those seasons too. So that's really incredible efficiency as a rusher. Doesn't do much of anything in the passing game, but on the ground, that's a, you can't ask for much more than that. That's extremely efficient. Uh, Mike Davis is one that's interesting. He got a lot of opportunities to start last season with Christian McCaffrey out. Uh, and in the passing game, Mike Davis did a lot of damage. Not amazing in the ground game. But again, if we're looking for a situational guy, uh, a bargain bin sort of player, he's definitely one you can look at. And he is on the sort of on the older end. He's going to be 28 years old. But in the passing game this season, 59 catches, 373 yards. Uh, and then we talk about efficiency. Of course, that's more important than volume. And his yards per route run, 71st uh, percentile, which is really efficient. And his PFF receiving grade was up there as well at the 81st percentile. So Mike Davis uh, and Jamal Williams in the passing game, very good targets there. And then on the ground, I think you're looking at Gus Edwards is a, a guy who's had really good efficiency. Uh, hasn't yet had the chance to really be the starter for the Ravens. He's, he's got a lot of chances. He's gone over 130 carries in each of the past three seasons, but never really was the guy. But if a team gives him the chance to be that, uh, if they can snag him as a restricted free agent, uh, he could do a lot of damage. Um, but in addition to those three guys, I would say another one, uh, the two Patriots running backs, Rex Burkhead and James White. In the passing game especially, James White had really bad rushing numbers this season. Um, Burkhead was about average. But in the passing game, both guys uh, were very good, even without Tom Brady doing his thing. Uh, we know he likes to use his running backs in the passing game, but even without him this season, they both put up very good numbers. And they're both on the older side. Um, White's going to be 30 uh, next season, Burkhead's going to be 31 this year, but both of those guys are still very solid in the passing game. And I think that's the main thing you're looking for with some of these bargain running backs is passing game value more so than the run game. So absolute favorite bargain, Jamal Williams. And, and we'll see if he is a bargain because if teams like him as much as I do and they see all these things, then maybe he won't be that much of a bargain. Maybe he will get paid uh, what he deserves. But Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, and uh, I think – you can throw those Patriots running backs in there. And Mike Davis as well are some of my favorite bargain options. Michael, one of my favorite bargain options is a guy that was here last year, and that's Josh Adams. I really liked what he did his first year in the league in Philly. I thought that the Eagles could have gotten more out of him. He ends up on the Jets practice squad last year. Then this past season, he finally gets a chance. I thought he was very efficient as well. He's somebody I'd like to see come back here, regardless of any other moves. To me, he proved to be a useful running back, and for the price that he's likely to command, I think he could be a really good bargain for the Jets or for another team. Oh, yeah. Josh Adams had himself a extremely impressive. He only carried the ball 29 times, so you don't want to look, look into it too much. But with those 29 carries, he was extremely impressive. 29 carries had two touchdowns on only those 29. 10 first downs, 157 yards. Uh, 5.4 yards per carry so he, he did a lot of damage and a lot of that was after contact too. Uh, 4.0 yards after contact per carry that was third in the league among running backs with at least 25 carries uh, so a lot of damage uh, with a with only a few opportunities for Adams and a lot of it came uh, he really only had three games where he carried the ball a lot he had eight against the Raiders eight carries against the Raiders six against the Seahawks and 11 against the Patriots in the last game of the season 
Uh, but he did a lot of damage with a little. But like you said, I think what's important is that a couple of years ago with the Eagles, he did get a pretty big sample size. He had 120 carries for them in 2018 as a rookie, only 22 years old. And he was pretty solid, 4.3 yards per carry that season, 37 yards a game. Uh, so he does have that under his belt as well. Uh, so Josh Adams is a guy who definitely did enough to where I think he deserves uh, for the Jets to bring him back and have him be a part of the mix in this offense next season. So uh, very impressive small sample performance for Josh Adams last season. And again, let's not look into it too much. I mean, 29 carries. Derrick Henry has games where he carries the ball more than that just in one day. So it's, it's not the biggest sample size in the world. But uh, with the opportunity he did get, he was extremely efficient with it. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Speaking of guys who I think were extremely efficient with the more opportunities that they got as we shift to the tight end position, Michael, I really like Mo Alley-Cox from the Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, crushed the Jets, so that might be part of why I like him so much. He's a free agent. There are a couple of other really good tight ends that are going to be available. Hunter Henry is probably the top guy from the L.A. Chargers. Tell me who you like here on this list that you have over at JetsXFactor.com. A nice little color-coded chart. Yeah, I love myself the color-coded charts. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who follows me has over the past few years, anyone who subscribed to Jets X Factor knows that uh, color-coded charts and I go hand-in-hand hand <laughs> like peanut butter and jelly. It's just a match made in heaven. So plenty of color-coded things to look at on here. But looking at the tight end color-coded chart, uh, at the top you got a couple guys. You mentioned Mo Alleycox and also Pharaoh Brown with the Texans. Two young tight ends are relatively, and they're not that young, but they're both uh, going to be, they're both 27 right now or will will be when the season starts. Uh, but those two guys had very, very good, both as receivers and blockers seasons this past season. And But both of them are exclusive rights free agents, which essentially means they have a very low chance of hitting the market because if that basically means if their team offers them a one-year deal, then they can only negotiate with that team. They're not allowed to test the market. So those two guys might not shake free. But beyond that, this is a very interesting market. There's a blend of guys who are pretty solid in both phases. You have guys who are great blockers and terrible receivers and vice versa. So whatever you're looking for, there should be an, an affordable solution for you on this market. But to start at the top, the, the number one guy is clearly Hunter Henry, 44 receiving yards per game last season. That's the best of anybody on this list. But overall, he isn't a great tight end, but he is solid in both phases. Good blocking grades in the run game. And then as a receiver, solid above average efficiency not elite but but very good so hunter henry is a very good player clearly the top option here uh and he actually led tight ends and snaps per game 65.2 rarely came off the field he's a guy who can do it all so he's clearly the number one but the second tier i definitely think is two guys who have the ability to provide for you both as blockers and have versatile ability in the passing game that might not have really been fully unlocked yet Gerald Everett for the Rams and John U. Smith for the Titans. I like these two guys as who could potentially be really high reward signings for whoever signs them. They were both among the top yards after catch guys at tight end this past uh, this past season, both in the top ten and in that category at the position at the position. They are actually back to back in terms of yards after catch. Everett was fourth. John U. Smith was fifth with five point nine and five point eight yak per reception. 
um, on qualified tight ends this past season. So they're very athletic. They're solid blockers. Uh, Smith didn't grade too well as a blocker this past season, but first career, he's generally been good. Um, so these two guys, their efficiency in terms of yards per route run was good as well, uh, but they're just complementary pieces where they were because of some of the players they're playing with. We know the Rams have had a stacked wide receiver trio the past few seasons. Uh, the Titans had a really good duo this past season with uh, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. So they were both sort of in the background and didn't get too many opportunities, but they handled their uh, they definitely produced at a high level when they were targeted. So Jonu Smith and Gerald Everett, good tier two options, I think, who have a lot of receiving upside but are pretty good as blockers as well. But there are some good blocking tight ends that I think teams should look at. Trey Burton hasn't really fulfilled his potential as a receiver, I think. A lot of people thought he had a few years ago, but he consistently grades really well as a blocker. Um Demetrius Harris with the Bears is a high-level blocker. Chris Manhurts with the Panthers. Both those two guys are very highly graded blockers. Neither of them do anything in the passing game at all. But if you're looking for a blocker, those two guys are up there in terms of the best. Uh, and, and a few other guys who I think are interesting. Richard Rodgers for the Eagles came out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere this past season and had an extremely good run in the middle of the season. This is a guy who did nothing, the past, literally nothing, the past two seasons. From 2018 to 19, he had one catch. And then this season with the Eagles, he comes out, and with only 31 targets, he makes 24 catches for 345 yards, two touchdowns, and 16 first downs, which is an absurd amount of production on that few targets. And he was sort of phased out near the end of the season, despite playing so well. But the middle of the year, he was making plays almost every time they threw him the ball. Uh, and he's still graded at about an average level as a blocker, so he's not a liability in that phase. So Richard Rodgers, he's going to be 28 years old when this season starts, so he doesn't. He still is sort of in that back end of his prime. Uh, doesn't have a ton of mileage, has had some injury questions, but uh, he's a guy who showed a lot of upside last season, so maybe some team looks to tap into that and see if they can keep it going. Uh, another guy I think who's interesting is Jared Cook. He's going to be still 34 years old. Um, well, he's going to be 34 years old, but even at that age, he's still a, one of the better receiving tight ends in the league, 34 yards per game this past season, which isn't incredible, but he did have seven touchdowns and he picked up a first down on almost half of his targets, which is very good. 27 first on 60 targets. That's 45%, which is among the best marks at the position. Uh, and of course he was playing with the saints, which is a favorable place to be, but uh, you watch him play. He has still had a lot of juice left in the tank. So Jared cook is interesting as well in terms of receiving option. Uh, but, but those are probably some of the guys who stand out the most. One more, one more guy who I think does have some maybe potential untapped upside could be a valuable purchase on the market is Dan Arnold for the Cardinals. Uh, he had on only 45 targets last year, 438 yards, 31 catches, four touchdowns, 24 first downs, which is over half of his targets. Uh, that's actually 53%, which is extremely good. Uh, and he's only 20 or will soon be 26 years old. Uh, but on the younger end, in terms of the guys on this market, one of the youngest free agent tight ends to be. So Dan Arnold, another guy with potential untapped receiving upside. You can throw him in there with John Smith and Gerald Everett in terms of that category of guys who did a really good job with the targets they did get, didn't get a ton of them because they were competing with superstars on their team, but uh, potentially the bigger role could become stars in their own right. So 
I think that pretty much sums up uh, some of the best targets at the tight end position. There's only one true stud in Hunter Henry, but there are a, a lot of good blockers and a handful of guys who do have the potential, I think, to break out on another team that gives them a bigger chance. Michael, as you said, Richard Rodgers is the swing for the fences, and Hunter Henry is the top prize. So if you're looking to spend money, Hunter Henry's your guy. If you're looking for the flash or fire, it could be Richard Rodgers, but it's a risk. Who do you think presents the best middle ground, somebody that could give you good value for the price? I think Jonu Smith comes to mind first, but I wonder if he's going to get a probably bigger deal than we expect because he's only going to be 26 years old in September. He's the youngest guy on this list out of all the qualified tight ends that are about to be free agents. So I wonder if that age is going to uh, kick his price up a little bit. So because of that, I'll look to Gerald Everett, who will be a little bit over 27 when the season starts. So a a bit of a difference there. And he has been a little bit less productive than John Smith over the past few seasons. But I do think Gerald Everett is a guy who has the potential to give you a lot of bang for your buck because he's a good blocker. Uh, You look at his run blocking grade at PFF this past season, 67th percentile, which of course is very solid. And then in the passing game, he's just he's been very consistent over the past few seasons. That's something that's good. It's not as if he's had big games here and there. He's just consistently delivered over the past few seasons for them. Uh, he has a lot of athleticism, good after-the-catch guy, especially for this Jets team. Uh, after-the-catch ability is going to be important in this offense. More so, obviously it's important everywhere, but more so in this LaFleur-Shanahan-type scheme than it is for most teams, and especially at tight end. Uh, you just look at the opportunities George Kittle has gotten in that uh, in that offense the past few years. A lot of opportunities to run with the ball in the open field that tight ends don't usually get. And Gerald Everett does have, I think, the athleticism and the proven yak uh, production to be able to thrive in that sort of offense. For the Jets in particular, I like Everett, but for any team, I think he is a guy who could deliver. And his athletic profile is great. He ran the 40 and 462, which is very good for a tight end. That was 83rd percentile. Uh, so he is a guy I think is definitely one of the best potential bang for your buck options. Michael Nania covering all the stats over at JetsXFactor.com. And here, of course, on the Chronicles of Nania. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Tight ends and running backs this week. We're going to continue doing offensive positions next week. In the meantime, though, you've got plenty of stuff up over at JetsXFactor.com, right? Oh, yeah. Plenty more free agent stuff. A lot of individual profiles. I've already done guys like... Carl Lawson, Romeo Cora, and Jason Verrett. Uh, so plenty more of those top names are going to get very in-depth individual looks with both numbers and film. Uh, a lot of other great stuff. Uh, I did the kickers recently, actually, which I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point over the next few weeks, uh, which even includes stuff like kickoff hang time, which I know you go to sleep thinking about what Young Way Koo's kickoff hang time is. So finally, you're going to get your answer. Uh, so a lot of the uh, very important stuff. Got to knock it out here in February. <laughs> All the important questions will get answered here on the show. And, of course, by Michael at JetsXFactor.com as well. So if you haven't been visiting that site, make sure that you do it. And also make sure that you give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done that already. If you could do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.